0: Hi, everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of A Trophy Life, the official podcast of the Naismith Awards here in Atlanta. I'm your host, Bob Rathman, and coming up this week, a conversation with our three-time Jersey Mike's Naismith Boys High School Coach of the Year, the great Kevin Boyle, joins us from Mount Verde. We'll have actually two podcasts for you this week. We'll have Casey Jacobson coming in later in the week to get us caught up on all things out west, But Kevin Boyle today had a great conversation with Coach Boyle, and I'm sure you'll enjoy it. We begin, as always, with our Jersey Mike's news and notes of the week. And how about the Alabama Crimson Tide? Two wins over number one teams already. They knocked off North Carolina, you may remember, in that four-overtime instant classic in Portland. And then a tremendous game at Houston on Saturday, down 15. And they walked out of Houston with a win, 71-65, about to about the play of 6'10 freshman Noah Clowney. Is he not a rising star? My goodness. Alabama becomes the first team to defeat two number ones prior to January the 1st in nearly 60 years. Alabama jumps up to number four in this week's AP Top 25. Purdue's number one, Virginia number two, UConn number three, then the Tide. Houston falls from first to fifth. On the women's side, Kansas, 9-0 in the top 25 for the first time in nearly 10 years. So congratulations to the Jayhawks. South Carolina, of course, a dominant number one. Big game coming up this weekend. Number six, Virginia Tech will host number 15 Notre Dame at Castle Coliseum. That should be fantastic. Also, congratulations go out to Maryland head coach Brenda Fries on her 600th win. That was a buzzer beater against Purdue, and prior to that, She knocked off Connecticut for the first time in her career, so lots of good things happening for the Maryland women and head coach Brenda Freese. Coach Kevin Boyle, when we come back after this from Jersey Mike's. Did you know Jersey Mike's freshly grills hot subs right in front of you? It's a Jersey Mike's thing. And did you know I, Danny DeVito, am wearing a very cool shirt? All statements about fresh grilling at Jersey Mikes are true. While statements about Mr. DeVito's shirt cannot be legally confirmed.
1: Nonsense, it's a great shirt.
0: Agree to disagree. I want a second opinion. The shirt is just okay. Who are you? A, a second, second opinion. opinion. Grilled right in front of you. It's a Jersey Mike's thing. A sub above. It's always fun to catch up with our three-time Jersey Mike's Naismith Boys High School Coach of the Year from Montverde down in Orlando. It's the great Kevin Boyle joining us, Coach. So great to hear your voice and uh, the season's rolling. How are you?
1: So far, very good. I, I appreciate it. You know, we're uh, just in our four, somewhat new league, the NIBC, which was started. Uh, in, I guess it's in its third season, and uh, you know, it's just a terrific league of teams from different states, and you know, many of them ranked in the top ten in the nation. So it's really, you know, probably the elite high school league today, kind of like the SEC in football
0: it really is something and it seems like the great games just keep coming one right after the other this weekend you're on to Maryland and a big matchup uh, later in the weekend with Oak Hill i mean the the games are just amazing and this is i think right up you know your alley and a lot of these schools that that want to play these national schedules and get tests for these young men on the court uh this is just fantastic
1: yeah i think it's you know uh uh, you know, Paragon, Rasha is uh, you know basically running the league and you know do, doing a great job organization wise. And again, for the best players, you know a lot of them are tending to copy the NBA, and where a lot of the better players try to position themselves to be together and play together. Well, that happens. It trickles down to college. It trickles down to high school, where a lot of the best players want to be. If it's the Nike UIBL, or if it's you know the elite high school teams that are you know. Uh, you know, they could be put together where you had, you know, 80 of the best 150 kids in the same league, you know, so they kind of get tested and get prepared early for college or the G League or whatever their dreams are. Kevin,
0: let me ask you about coaching uh, high school players. You're going to be in the Hall of Fame in Springfield one day. Uh, you're one of the best basketball coaches our country's ever produced. It doesn't matter whether it's high school, college, pro, you name it. Uh, but, as you go on, the kids stay the same age. And I was wondering, you know, how do you stay relevant? How do you stay up to date with these kids that, you know, are coming along now at age 16, 17, 18? Well, I
1: think, I think, um, you know, first of all, thank you for the kind words and and we'll see if that happens with some of the, some of the accolades, but you know, my thing is is to stay relevant. I think you got to, you know, try to, Change a little bit. I think there's certain things that you know you could be, you know, coach kids, uh, you know, demanding, uh, hold them accountable. But as time goes on, you know, the the kids have changed uh, in the sense of you know, 20 years ago, you would ask the kid to. You know, dives through a glass window, and they would ask you which window. <laughs> Today, they're going to want to know what's in it for them. How does it benefit them personally, as well as collectively as a team? But you know, there's a lot. Everybody wants to be, be a pro. There's a lot of talk about it. There's a lot of kids that are disillusioned about you know where they could be. And I think you know what what we've done really good. Uh, Coach Ray Miller, is, uh, my longtime assistant, and he's terrific at this. My son Kevin Boyle Jr. They they both do a terrific job for me. And uh, with this type of stuff is we're very honest with the kids of their total, their level now. We give them examples of players that are like them and we try to hold them accountable and tell them why it's so important that we do, you know, and that, you know, we're trying to help them reach their goals. But, you know, you know, it's it's very important that they understand the work ethic that need, that's needed and that, you know, there's a handful of guys that can get by with talent and the NBA may accept some things that you wouldn't normally accept from a player, but 90% of the guys have to totalize, have to be professional and have to be really committed or they're not going to last long. There's too many good players from around the world that want those spots, you know, and the, the reality of who you are and, and your strengths and weaknesses, you know, need to be, you know, addressed. And we constantly are telling them, a list of guys we put up from 2011, 2014, 2015 of guys that they never heard of who were top five, top ten, top 15, who didn't make it for various reasons. But sometimes it's work ethic, sometimes it's, you know, uh, attitude, whatever the case may be. So we try to be really honest and we try to also, you know, coach them hard, but always be respectful of them as people.
0: Kevin, uh, you've coached four of our Naismith winners over the years. Uh, with uh, Derek Whitehead, who just uh, came back to action, Cade Cunningham, R.J. Barrett, Ben Simmons, is there a um, is there a, a commonality amongst the greats? I mean, it's Kyrie, Ben Simmons, uh, Russell, Michael Kidd-Gilchrist. Is there a common thread that you found over the years that makes the elite players elite?
1: Well, obviously, all those guys have uh, different talents, uh, different. They're all talented. But some may have been a rebounder. Some may have been terrific with the ball, like the Kyrie, or great basketball IQ. Uh, I think I think most of them obviously have been blessed with you know some God-given uh, natural abilities, natural talent. Um, but I think um, for the most part, there's not not a hundred percent, but most part at, at at the high school level, at least, most of them were very coachable and committed you know, to being really good. Um, you know, some were more naturally talented than others. And, you know, th- for those, for example, you try to communicate with, uh, hey, you're better than everybody right now, but you need to improve A, B, and C, or it's going to catch up with you in the NBA, you know. And mm-hmm. don't, fool, don't fool yourself. And then you had like, an R.J. Barrett who was just, a, you know, always in the gym, always working hard, and he was not as talented as some of those guys. He had talent but he had a great work ethic, and that was something he probably he didn't really have when he first got here, but then he kind of got the message that, like, I'm not going to, you know, he he's seen the writing on the wall to be a, an elite player, to be a really good pro, and there's also, I think, for most of them, a confidence that, you know, they, you know, it's you never want to be arrogant, but you want to be really confident, and, like, you know, like with D'Angelo Russell was good that way, where he can miss five shots in a row, and he thought it was the passer or the ball, but it wasn't him, <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, so you you want that fine line of you're not arrogant, but you're really, you know, you're, you're confident the next shot's going in, and you're not afraid to make mistakes, you know. And I think that's – but but even the best players, as we see in the world, sometimes at different levels, if it's pro baseball or, you know, a guy, you know, or basketball, and you see some great players sometimes start struggling, and they, their, their confidence can be taken a little bit, you know. So, that's that's something that most of them had here, and most of them have been, been able to maintain. And that's, again, getting back to RJ, I think that's been his strength playing in New York. Every time he struggled there a little bit, you know, he then seems to have a good five game run. You know, right now he's got through a little bit of that the last eight to 10 games. And I expect eight to 10 to be good because he's always been strong. He's always had good mental toughness, you know, especially playing in New York, you know, and, and um, you know, and then guys like, you know, Ben Simmons was so great in high school, you know, and, and you know, because he's gone through some troubles recently since the playoffs against the Hawks. Um, you know, he, he's trying to get his confidence back. You know, there's a guy that, you know, um, he was 13-all pro, and now it's kind of, you know, can I get my confidence and my feel for the game back? And I think he will. It's just going to take a little time. The last 10 games with the Nets were much better than the first 10 games, so to speak. And I think it's going in the right direction. And, you know, there's still, if you can get, if he can regain his confidence, there's no reason, you know, and, and really get committed in the gym. There's no reason he can't be a top 10 or 15 player. You know, he's still young enough, but it's all, you know, it's all, um, you know, like I said, you know, getting in the gym, leaving yourself again, and, you know, those things usually go hand in hand. Yeah. Kevin,
0: How'd you get the coaching bug? I mean, you survived playing for Bill Raftery at Seton Hall. I mean, how how'd you get the coaching bug?
1: Well, it's funny. I was Bill Raftery's last recruit. I think he said that's why he went into broadcasting <laughs> after, after having to start me some games. Now, the, the reality is, uh, Raftery recruited me, and and they, he we, I played for him in practice for a period. And before, uh, before the year started, he ended up uh, leaving Stephen Hall and Hadi Mahan became the coach. So I never really played an actual game for Raff, But he was, um, you know, Raff was uh, just uh, funny, charismatic, you know, and it would have been good to have a couple of years for him. Then I got to play for PJ. But, you know, I, I grew up loving the game. My father coached, you know, uh, uh, he was a business manager of electrical union. He coached uh, grammar school basketball and those type of things so he was really um you know uh kind of used to love uh going there as a five six year old his practices and being around the kids that the, the grammar school kids and then, then i i actually got after i played in college i got somebody who asked me to coach that same grammar school team uh in a, in a restaurant one night and they were playing like two days later i remember we lost by like 80 points our first game oh no and I, yeah and i got and i you know so I got the bug, and I just, you know, would kind of take those 7th and 8th graders. And for two years, it was my, my second year was still one of my most rewarding years, even coming in second with that group of putting so much time into them over two years to get them pretty good. And, and it was funny that the principal of St. Patrick in New Jersey, uh, his son was on the team, and then he hired me from that to be the varsity coach at St. Patrick in New Jersey. And then it kind of all took off after there. We were able to get Shaheen Holloway. Um, to come to come to St. Pat's and who's the coach's seat all now, and that kind of put us on the map that we were able to then to try to compete nationally, and it kind of after that it kind of snowballed where you know the good players were all interested in coming to us.
0: And the great rivalry with Bob Hurley and St. Anthony's—I mean, that's that was legendary stuff
1: back in the day. Yeah, it was it was really uh, great stuff to look forward to. The, the, you know, the Newark New jersey Star Ledger newspaper, which was the state newspaper would cover it like the super Bowl you know uh sometimes you know on the front page and not even the sport page, and you know do like three or four days stuff uh, about that you know
0: um wow it was it was quite the rivalry Kevin well tell us some uh, and, kevin Yes, yeah, and, and
1: and and you know we were we were in a situation where you know I think we you know him and and Danny you know so. I, I think, you know, they wouldn't play each other. So when Danny was at St. Benedict's that was our thing. I think we've, uh, you know, uh, you know, we had a really good series and, you know, Bob had a, a terrific career, obviously, and you know, uh, all the fame and so forth. And, uh, you know, it was just, you know, it was, it was fun to play against them. And, and uh, you know, I don't know if too many people would know, but we, we actually had a 7-6 edge in the series when we left. So it was – it was uh really good. And, and, and then, uh, you know, playing against Danny as well was really good he was at St. Benedict. So they were really competitive games and heated games and, you know, games. And it was, I, I missed those. And, you know, I, I missed those games and, and uh, the challenge of playing against both Bob and Danny.
0: Yeah, no doubt. Um, uh, let me ask you this, uh, before we let you go, tell us what makes this Montverde team special this year coming up.
1: Well, um, we're in a situation where, you know, we've, we've you know, again, being here at Mount Bird and with having the dorms, you know, and most of our teams in our league have that, so we're trying to play teams with apples to apples that have the same, you know, the same uh, ability to attract kids. And I think that, you know, this would be our 11th year in a row that at least at some point in the year we've been ranked number one. Um, and, you know, currently we're not there, but we, we were to start the year. And this team has talent. It's not as talented as overall in the sense of we have depth talent and very good players without question. Uh, right now we don't yet have that, you know, um, you key. Know, there's, there's guys that could be that, you know, or Scotty or, you know, Ben or, you know, RJ, you know. So um, we, we need one or two guys to establish themselves uh, as, you know, um, you know, really big game players, closers in big games, those type of things. But we have a lot of talent across the board. And, you know, we have – and some of it's young, but, we know, that we have, uh, you know, a kid, Cooper Flagg, who's a sophomore, who's just a really good all-around player, and he's going to be, you know, terrific moving forward. But, that no, was he's a 15-year-old sophomore who's, you know, still developing in a lot of areas, you know. And each month he's going to get better and better. Like he was terrific the other day at IMG. Just his stat line—he had like five blocks and like nine rebounds. You know, just you know, he, he really didn't score that much, but he just you know, kind of dominated the game by just being everywhere. You know, and um, you know we we have uh, you know just one. We have, we're probably ten deep, which is a good thing. At the same time, it's a concerning thing because. You could argue our second best player is, in your opinion, who's second, and somebody else might have them eighth on the list of one to ten. You know, mm. so it's, it's right now we're trying to identify, our you know, kind of like, hey, these are the two guys who don't leave the game much. These are your five stars. These are your first three subs. This is your deeper sub level, and that's hard. It's hard for kids to to uh, one as a coach when they're close to find that, and two, that's what the real challenge is is being able to keep that chemistry, and has kids at that age, if you end up being a sub or a deeper sub, it's hard, obviously, on them because some of them have never experienced that. And that's where, again, we had to talk to them about today's scouts. If you're a sophomore, junior, and you are coming off the bench, they're already monitoring you. They're already looking at your behavior on the bench and your attitude when there's adversity. Can you handle that? Because guess what? When you go to the NBA, if you're ever good enough, that's where you're starting starting right. to see or the company, you're starting to try to maybe get a two way. Maybe get the tenth man, eleventh man, and I give him Andrew Nemhart, who was great here and you know, but was persevered, went through a lot of diversity, never never wavers. And you know, I was always telling people, I told so many people in the draft that called about different guys. I mean I'm telling people like you should take Andrew Nemhart, he's a steal. And he's gonna be even better in the NBA than he is in college with all the drop coverage just pick pick you apart with his got basketball IQ. And you know, it's starting to come for him where he looks like he's gonna end up having a really good, solid MBA career. And and he's also a high character person. You know, so, you know, we had that talk the other day about guys of you know, people are filming benches to see how you're reacting when your teammates are scoring. So even when it's not going good, you gotta at least look engaged and that's the only way you're gonna improve yourself if you're trying to move up. You know, if you're gonna be sulking and those kinds of things. Not only will you not play in America, you'll never play in Europe. Mm. You'll never deal with that there. So you'll go, you know, and I've had guys where I told them, if you don't make the NBA, your career's almost over because it's it's an attitude thing. And if it's an attitude thing and you're not good enough there, they're not putting up with that overseas. Not a chance. Right.
0: Wise words indeed. Kevin, thank you. We appreciate you. Um, We congratulate you on what has been an amazing career and much, much more to come, no doubt. And just thanks for taking time to be with us. Uh, Great message indeed, and we wish you all the best.
1: Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks for the kind words. I'll talk to you soon.
0: Hey, that's going to do it for this week. Make sure you rate and review us. Gets us a chance to let college basketball fans everywhere know about our podcast. We are here every week during the year, and we are knee-deep in our great college basketball season this year. Can't wait to watch all these fantastic games. And as I mentioned earlier, coming up, we'll check in with Casey Jacobson. That will come your way later in the week. For all of us here at the Naismith Podcast and the Naismith Awards here in Atlanta, Bob Rathman saying so long.